it is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. We are the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. This, unlike what I said last week, this is episode 22. Wow. Last week was episode 21. I was a little bit wrong. We didn't count. (laughs) But that's okay. I'm Mike Fleischman. I'm the guy who had the episode numbers wrong last week. That's Matt Malamsetter. I'm the guy who hasn't thought about the episode numbers. 22 episodes of this podcast. I'm probably wrong again. Yeah, it could be 25. Knowing how I'm rolling. Who knows? (laughs) This is episode one of Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. (laughs) Welcome to our introduction. Yeah, we're making the prequels to Cheeseheads (laughs) in Chicagoland right now, so things are about to get boring. And the Green Bay Packers just won the Super Bowl. I can't believe that 2010 has been as good of a year as it has been. I love uh, looking, this Barack Obama presidency. Looking we ahead to the draft. A great yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm certain nothing is going to become <laughs> weird at all in the next eight years. <laughs> all right. Uh, it's regular season week 10 here on Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. We've made it this far. And today we are talking about the Packers 31 to 12 win over the Miami Dolphins at Lambeau Field. A much, much needed bounce back game against a not going to go so far as to call them a cupcake, but a team with some serious problems Yeah, in, not, in the I, Miami Dolphins. Yeah, and not great football team in the Miami Dolphins. This Miami Dolphins team is not New York Jets bad. They're not uh, Arizona Cardinals bad, but they're not good. Now, some serious roster holes playing, of course, without their, their would-be starting quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, who, like, in the in the future, Mellum said, are they going to tell tales of the Tannehill, yeah. the mythical quarterback that showed up every once in a while to play average football and be hailed by Dolphins fans as, as the, next. the next great thing, despite the fact that he's probably like 30 at this point? Yeah, he's 30 and he's played 12 games. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they are on plan B, which is Brock Osweiler. Uh, Brocktoberfest came late this year. Yeah. Or early. Or early. Came at just the right time for Green Bay Packers. I'll tell fans. you, Brocktoberfest always do arrive. Yeah, though. it'll come. It's it, gonna come and it's gonna hit you in the face real hard. It sure do arrive. Uh, Osweiler always. He never gets signed as a starter, but always finds his way into the football. Yeah, I don't know why he ever finds his way into the football. But it, I mean, twenty-three of thirty-seven, two hundred thirteen yards, one interception. Packers will take that line. Yeah. Yeah, and and for for Osweiler, it's actually one of the not one of the better performances of his career, but certainly not not one of the worst because yeah. he can lay eggs. He can he can really do the worst of anything, uh, and he didn't <laughs> do that last yesterday. So uh, good for him, I guess. But for Brocktoberfest to not be the worst in the world does not mean that this Green Bay Packers secondary and this Green Bay Packers defense did not play pretty darn well. No, they've. They, I think really this is. This is the third game in a row where they've played it. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I, I assess the problems of the Packers as being mostly on offense. If you redefine problems into being performance below expected levels, yes. If if you look at overall performance and overall talent level, there's problems everywhere. Sure, but when it comes to to aspects of the team that you think, oh, they got to be better than this. It's Mainly the offense the that offense. you think, think that about. Yeah, this defense has been, I think, better than I expected this year. Well, certainly. I tell you what, they were in the last two games. Yeah, they've been, the Green Bay Packers defense has not uh, hurt this team, really. I mean, 
this defense was 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 the baseline to stay into the Rams game. This defense kept them into the Patriots game well into the fourth quarter. It was a 17-17 ball game when Aaron Jones fumbled with about seven minutes left. This defense has looked good and has done a pretty good job against some great quarterbacks this year. Not Brock Osweiler, not included in that conversation. No. There have been there have been some really flat performances by the offense, but to beat the Dolphins, of course, the Dolphins will give you a little bit of of beating themselves. But to beat the Dolphins, you really just need to start putting it together. It was a really a chance for the for the Packers to get home, get in front of a nice sympathetic home crowd. Yep. Play in their kind of weather. Yeah. Which it was a perfect. It was a nice perfect November nice, football. Day. Nice Green Bay football game. And and face a team that isn't just loaded for bar and and just ready to uh ready to attack yeah dolphins are a nice a nice appetizer for the rest of the season in that you know coming up next is the seahawks on thursday which uh when we record for that is going to bear some discussion but we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that on 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 the record right now any more than i just did um let's run this game down this is a game that like gets boring in the second half yeah but but stays interesting uh, throughout, really throughout the first two and a half quarters. Miami Dolphins come out, and they start walking down the field. The classic McCarthy puts the defense on the field first thing. Yep. Frank Gore starts uh, starts gashing you a little bit. Frank Gore looks good. He's like 100 years old and still looks good. He had yep. 13 carries for 90 yards in this game. He's uh, a young spry man. Yes, um, he is younger than I am, so therefore, yes. Yeah. He's a young spry man, and his per- performance at a high level does not in any way surprise me. Uh, he had a nice 39-yard run on second and 10 from their 20. Uh, he got a bunch more yards. Danny Amendola made a great grab. And eventually, Brock Osweiler fumbles the ball on on a ridiculous snap. Yep. Uh, first and 10 at the Green Bay 14. So they make it into the red zone. And uh, watch the story of this game for the Dolphins is that they make it into the red zone and then... Uh, uh, they fail. They, and then, they do something. Yeah, second game, I believe... Second game in a row, no touchdowns, or did they get one against the the Jets in that thirteen six thing? I don't care. Um, second game in a row in which they put up thirteen points or less. That's a yeah. that's a stat I'm confident sure. in. Yeah, no, that's a definite stat. So uh, turnover. Reggie Cover- Gilbert recovered it. Yeah, good good work. Uh, Reggie Gilbert has to play better because Nick Perry is is invisible. Yeah, Nick Perry also injured. Now. Yeah, he also le- hurt. He, now. he left the game with a leg injury. Uh, that's he's eleven million dollars of dead cap space. He is he has just been injured. Yeah, he's just been injured year after. <laughs> yeah, when year they after when they tell me like, year. oh, Nick Perry's been playing with an injury. Like Nick Perry is an injury. Yeah, Nick Perry's a walking injury. He should just play with a boot and a cast on at all times. So Green Bay takes the ball at their own thirty yard line on this this snap that was somehow Brock Osweiler is also seven foot three. He's like the size of a newt bowl. Yeah, and somehow this snap missed him. They, which well, the one the the. The center was like, I can't miss him high. That's impossible. Sure. And then he missed him high, and it was oh. crazy. <laughs> and the whole stadium, like, applauded. They were like, how'd you do it? <laughs> how'd that happen? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and so Green Bay, they get their they get their first possession, and so begins Matt Mellomsetter, the Aaron Jones show. Thank God. Thank goodness. Yeah. Now, uh, I am, I'm, I'm, 
I'm not going to say I'm not the type to be like I told you so because I'm absolutely yeah sure the type to be, be that like, type. I told you so. Yeah. That is that is who I am. Yeah, I've been telling people about Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is good. I've been telling people since the beginning of Cheeseheads in Chicagoland from my from my time with him last year. Yeah, and well, you know, in the last like eight weeks, the rest of the NFL media has also been kind telling, of caught up yeah, on to the kind, they, Jones they've stuff. kind of caught up on yeah. the idea that this guy is is absolutely fantastic yeah he's for real and and mike mccarthy you know i don't know he pulled his head out of the bowl of jello that he lives in and was like huh aaron Maybe jones huh it. yeah <laughs> and, and one Who's thing that one thing i noticed this game about aaron jones is is we've kind of harped on him for his his lack of ability to pass protect. And that's kind of been one thing that's kept him off of the field in Mike McCarthy's eyes, I guess, is that Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery were much better in pass protection. With Montgomery gone, those snaps now go to Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones chipped on a few guys. He looked a lot more willing to lay the smack in pass protection to like help out a little bit. And and I I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it was it was helpful against this kind of uh camp this lie this geez, not the Lions, the Dolphins front with Cameron Wake, who's just a powerful pass protection. Yeah, Cameron Wake is very good. Um, a thing about a thing about pass protection, and this is a more obtuse point, but you can addition by subtraction leads you to the idea that you will get better at pass protection if you run more. Yeah, because that means you're passing less. Yeah, which means you pass protect less. Yeah, which means that Aaron Jones has to be in pass protection less. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> you, and then when he's on the field, teams are expecting the run, and they're not immediately vying off on like counting on the pass because yeah. Jamal Williams is in. Like, if Aaron Jones can be in on pass plays a few times a game, it's helpful. You can do it that way too. Is is what I'm is what I'm saying. Um, so Aaron Jones, twelve yard run. Aaron Jones, fifteen yard run. I mean, Aaron Rodgers passed to Aaron Jones for eight yards. Uh, I, I, Aaron Jones had a drop on the first play of this drive, but uh, for the most part, Aaron Jones is just—he's getting like ten yards. He averaged nine point seven yards per carry in this game. I mean, oh, he, ju- he just it, it, to hear twelve and fifteen yards every run is like average. It's starting to seem normal. Aaron Aaron Rodgers uh, screen passed Aaron Jones nineteen yards, sets up first and goal at the seven. Devontae Adams. With that classic Devonte Adams uh, slant towards the side in the back mm-hmm. of the end zone, that that little turn route that he runs so well, and a good use of Adams in this game as well. In that, yeah. you're not overwhelming him with uh, with with targets, but you're going to him when it matters. Mm-hmm. Real good idea. Good use of of Devonte Adams. Seven targets, four receptions, seven yards, two touchdowns yep. for Devonte Adams. That'll do. That'll, that'll do. That'll do. Big. That'll do. With the with the lack of emergence of Jimmy Graham, like that, mm-hmm. the Devonte Adams as the guy you look for in the red zone, yeah, thing, like yeah, that's a good that's a good idea. Although hopefully Jimmy Graham is just going to uh, get more targets because I don't I don't quite understand how he how he's had such a quiet season so far I, since I, he doesn't I, appear physically to be like he's no longer like Superman, but I'm not. I don't look at him and go like this is a man who. It has withered up and has gone away now. He's, I think Jimmy Graham is actually having a pretty darn good season. I saw, I'm trying to pull up the exact tweet because I didn't think about it before this. I saw a tweet listing his stats saying that Jimmy Graham, despite how quiet it seems like he's been, is on pace for one of the best tight end seasons in recent memory for the Green Bay Packers. 
And either that's a statement to how bad the Titans have been. Yeah. But he's still on pace for like six, seven hundred yards as a tight end, which man, I'm happy about that. That's that's fine by me. He does so much of his damage just by drawing attention to him. Like he pulls safeties away from deeper coverage, which opens up those kind of those kind of sky routes we see to MVS, the stuff we see to Devontae Adams a lot. Jimmy Graham makes a big impact even when he's not getting the ball. I would like more impact with him getting. Yeah, oh. no, that's fine. As yeah, just, that's I've watched him just be such a weapon for for various teams, and yeah, you you're not like he's not getting shorter. He might be slower, but he's no shorter. Um, the Dolphins sort of go three and out in, sure. in that they uh, they force a punt fourth and four at at the Dolphins thirty yard line. Uh, Hack punts it. Jermon Williams fields it. Jermon Williams is looks Make, like he's got a little bit a of a return. run back cooking, but as the replay showed, he was being incredibly casual yeah. with Le Football and gets it uh, gets it knocked out by Derby. It's recovered by Carew at midfield. And that's a that's an odd mistake for Tremont Williams. Yeah. He, I mean he kind of took over the punt return uh specialties because of his veteran savvy and his ability to protect the football and just lie down, catch the ball, lie down, give Aaron Rodgers the football. Um, yeah. Which and, is the recipe for success. And there's no there's nothing wrong with like find a lane and go hit it. Like he's not he's able to do that, but like put you know, you're not you're not Emmett Smith, my dude. Yeah. Just put both hands just, on that ball. You the, don't you're not gonna like ball. lay a lay a devastating yeah. stiff arm oh, hey. on anyone. You're Tremont Williams. Yeah, and you're not gonna lay the smack down on someone like uh L- Lucas Patrick ty- tried to do. No, no. Don't do that. Oh my lord. Don't Jesus. do that. Oh, don't do oh, that. Oh my <laughs> uh Lucas Patrick, we're getting to we'll you. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh so uh so the the Dolphins are gifted a short field, right at midfield. Yep. Seven plays, thirty one yards, they get the field goal. This was a the first example of the Packers defense on a little bend but don't break kind of action, which is it's gotta be their whole game plan because you've got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So uh Aaron Rodgers is gonna give you touchdowns. If you're allowing field goals, you're probably gonna you're gonna win. Right, yeah. You're gonna win. And sure enough, the answer is immediately on the next possession. Green Bay goes down, gets a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers, first and 10 from the 29, drives a truck through the biggest hole in the A-gap I've ever seen. Just just goes right through the A-gap, 67 yards, sets up first and goal at the four. Yeah, Jones just really hit the burst, I think. Uh, yeah, just gone. Everyone's favorite, the NFL next-gen stats that are the real stats that really matter. Um, had him begged is going the fastest of any Green Bay Packers running back in three years. He was going like 22 miles an hour. I don't know if we care about that. That's very fast. But it's fast, and he would have gotten a ticket in a school zone, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> was, keep running fast, Aaron Jones. Keep running was, fast. Yeah, it was complete complete madness. Uh, Jones punches in and up the middle uh, for two yards for, for his first touchdown of the game. He would end up with a second one later. Way to deliver on that long, long run. It was, it was, it was, it was impressive, but it also raised that question of. To me, it was a lesson of why, why the Dolphins are not a great team. Yeah, Kevin Harlan spent a good amount of time talking up the Dolphins' defensive coordinator Matt Burke. Yeah, who I do remember as a player, and he was a decent one, but um, I have no idea why 
why the Dolphins were spreading out their four down linemen and then blitzing the edges on that play. It's first and 10 from the 29. Aaron Jones is in the backfield. You might want to leave, I don't know, someone home. Someone in the middle. You might want to leave someone home. Yeah. I, 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 I guess I get the idea of, of betting on Mike McCarthy throwing on first down, I mean, based off of our tendencies yeah, previously <laughs> and kind of the deficiencies on the edge. But regardless... I, I think you have to bring pressure up the middle. I think that's where you're going to find the most success on this team is is not attacking Brian Belago or David Bakhtiari, but attacking the Byron Bell uh, middle of the field. The guard, the A-gap in the guard slots is where you're going to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, to me, they, they did get to Rodgers a few times, but to me, like this, this game plan that the Dolphins have seemed about three games behind yeah, it, it, where it, the Packers currently are. Yeah, and it seemed like it was catered to uh, perhaps an Aaron Rodgers that is not on the field right now. Um, kind of to bring those edge blitzes is to try and force Rodgers to stay in the pocket. Um, and w- this is kind of the first game that we saw some real mobility from Aaron. But throughout this season, like Aaron Rodgers has not been classic Aaron Rodgers, scramble out of the pocket, make crazy throws. He's kind of survived in the pocket for the most part. Yeah, he's he's tried to hold it down. Aaron Jones gets in on second and goal from the two. It's fourteen to three at that point. And Miami immediately comes back, reels off what probably was their best drive of the game when the game mattered. Yeah, yeah. 10 plays, 78 yards, takes four and a half minutes. Just another another good, like, Osweiler-Gore combination. Mm-hmm. Dan, Danny Amendola made a great grab. Danny Amendola has been a good target for this Dolphins. Yeah, he's he's good. He's, he's he's nice out of the slot. He's he's got good awareness. He knows where he's at on the field. We saw him make a couple of nice like toe tapping mm-hmm. grabs in this game. He's not going to be a great number one wide receiver, which is kind of what the Dolphins, I guess, expect out of Devontae Parker. Uh, but Danny Amendola has been a good like slot kind of dump off option for Brock Osweiler, who we know loves those little two yard dump offs. Boy, does he! Amendola is such a weird signing for the Dolphins because when I saw that they had signed Amendola. I saw that as the Dolphins saying to themselves, like, we're contenders this year. Yeah. Because we're we, adding we're pieces one piece like Amendola, which... Uh, hmm. Starting at the, at the beginning of the year, Amendola is like maybe their fourth wide receiver. They've lost a couple of playmakers over the last few weeks, um, which has kind of thrust Amendola into yeah. a bigger role. The Dolphins were never going to be contenders this year. No, I, I have, mean, it, I have it's no really, idea. It's really a surprise to me to see the Dolphins at 5-5. Five and five. Yeah, to me, it's a matter of you might want to try try playing like young guys who might have mm-hmm. a future with your team instead of Danny Amendola. But I'm, you know, I'm whatever. I, I thought, <laughs> we're not the Dolphins. I thought the yeah. Dolphins were garbage when they were like 4-0 or yeah. whatever it was they started yeah. out as. We knew they were bad. Yeah. <laughs> we knew they were bad at 3-0. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't fooling me. Uh, drive stalls, though. Osweiler incomplete to Amendola. Raven Green on the coverage. Raven That's Green. third goal at the seventh. Mate, Raven Green made a real appearance this week. Yeah, he did. He looked good in the preseason. Yeah. And he was a good blitzer as well in this game. But that's a that's a great goal line stand. Yeah. We've seen a couple. We saw a good one against the uh, the Patriots as well. Mm-hmm. A, a first and goal stand by the Packers defense. Jason Sanders, who is a very good kicker uh-huh. for a rookie. The Dolphins do have themselves a kicker. Uh, converts the field goal, makes it 14-6. Green Bay gets the ball back turns it over on downs and uh i would i want to just pause on this fourth and two yeah play that they ran where uh it's fourth down and two 
They put Rodgers back on like a classic five-step drop. He was immediately sacked. I yeah. it was that was a terrible that was a terrible last uh four four down four downs. I mean, on bad first and ten, Rodgers scrambles for nine yards, makes it second and one. Uh, Aaron Jones really has not been in this whole drive. It's been a Jamal Williams drive. Um, to give Aaron Jones a break, I suppose. Uh, Jamal Williams on the next play goes negative one yards. On third and two, they throw incomplete. On third, fourth and two, they throw again. Rodgers gets sacked by Cameron Wake. Uh, just it would have been a nice spot to maybe bring in Aaron. Jo- I like I get. We've harped on McCarthy's usage of Jamal Williams um, and Aaron Jones in the past. Like Jamal Williams is made for one yard runs. Aaron Jones at this point is averaging like fourteen yards per carry. Yeah, it's a uh, spot for a run. It's also it's also a spot where a quick throw or something to the sidelines or a pitch. Yeah, or even like a reverse. I would love a reverse. I would love a reverse. right there. I mean, second and one at Miami forty-eight. Like you can't get hurt throwing deep here. This nope. Second and one at the Miami forty-eight is the time to look deep and throw deep and what do the green bay packers do they run and then decide to throw on third and fourth down this is the that second and one anytime you're in like second and one second and short especially when you have a hot hand like aaron jones in the backfield go play action put him in the game run a play action run a deep shot play do something there and then run the ball on third and fourth like that's yeah, I do the I perfect just, situation. I do not love a straight drop back on fourth and no. two. Like, uh, don't don't wait for a play to develop. Get two yards. It, it's too often we we see kind of these long developing plays from Mike McCarthy's offense, and and it needs to be kind of like a hit a spot route. Yeah, those Run. guys on the other side. That's like Cam Wake over there. He yeah. was yeah sack split by Wake and Quinn on that one. Like they just they just went past their guys, and it was a weird blocking scheme to where like. They had Graham. Yes, this on is, Wake. This is the one where they where Rogers motions Graham in to double in on Wake, and Belaga doesn't have anyone to block. Like Wake uh, goes outside on Jimmy Graham, and leaves Belaga empty. Uh, Would have been nice to just have Graham run a little spot route and sure. leave Cameron Wake to uh, Brian Belaga. I would have been a thing. Yeah, yeah would uh, I think that one's probably on Aaron Rodgers for that uh, at the line adjustment. Um, but yeesh, not not a good situation there. So, second time in the game, Miami takes over at midfield. Second short field. They managed to go 16 yards, set up a Jason Sanders 47-yard field goal. So, second short field, second time the defense holds to a field goal. Yeah. Good stuff is happening, more or less. Green Bay punts, and then the half ends on Miami trying to trying to get something from their own seven. They got it up to what, the 39, and yeah. they were done. They didn't really do anything. Yeah, they didn't really do much. Going So you go into halftime, it is 14 to 9. Yeah. So at this point, like a couple of touchdowns for Green Bay on, on some big Aaron Jones drives versus three field goals, two on short fields mm-hmm. for the Dolphins. You've given you know, a turnover by, by Tremont Williams is rare. And also third week in a row that they've turned yeah. over in a dumb spot, and then you know a fourth and two going for it at midfield, which uh, no, 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 don't like I mean, it. It, it, it. Like that would make sense if this is a game where you need touchdowns to win, uh, but you don't. This Miami don't. team's not going to score touchdowns. Uh, punt it away or r- run something better than that. I mean, 
Yeah. We don't want to see long developing on fourth and two. It needs to be out of the gun, spot route, get that ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands as fast as possible. Rely on Rodgers' ability to make the pre-snap reads and rely on those wide receivers to hit spots. I think something we've really seen so far this season, especially with the young guys, is kind of a lack of trust in that kind of like find your spot and hit it type throws. Um, we saw it with Marquez Valdez-Scantling where he kind of ran a little short out and you saw Aaron yelling at him like two steps. That's only two steps where he's running things a little bit deeper. Our, uh, our rookie receivers just aren't fully in tune with like hitting kind of the tempo throws. Um, and I think that's why we're starting to see it. We're seeing so many long developing plays, but Jimmy Graham can knows what he's doing. Sure. Run a little spot. You to Jimmy Graham. Hope. Run a little, a little box out route to Jimmy Graham. Have him box out that linebacker, catch it inside his body and fall down. That's all you need. Second half kicks off. Green Bay goes pretty much nowhere, and then they get the punt blocked. Uh, J.K. Scott, here's something I've noticed about J.K. Scott, who is, uh, like, the second half of his season is going a little bit worse than the first half. First half, he was darn good. Second half, he's been in the middle of the road. Yeah, dropping off a little bit. There could be a bit of fatigue playing in or just whatever. I don't care. He seems fine. Um, Punter fatigue? He, Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe your leg gets, like, sore. Yeah, sure. He has a very slow delivery. Yeah. On his punt. He kind of takes a yeah. kind of through it. Um saw a punt get blocked, and I'm I'm wondering if that I'm gonna keep my eye on on how many punts Scott gets blocked over the Because this he does see he does seem to move a little bit slow on the catch. Sure. Catch and step maneuver. Well, he's got he's got such length to those limbs. It's, you yeah. gotta you gotta really get those things worked yeah, out you and gotta, moving before you can punt it. I mean if you, you gotta, gotta start the lawnmower. Yeah, he's like, an extra he's pull like to six, start the he's lawnmower. He's like six foot six. That leg is at yeah. least four feet long. I mean you really gotta do some work to get that thing going. Yeah. Uh so that punt is blocked. It's recovered by Miami at the twenty eight. So uh short field number three. What do they do? For the Miami Dolphins they went three and out and kicked a field goal. Yeah. From 40 yards. They went absolutely nowhere. Brock Osweiler's not a type of quarterback that can get you wins. Brock Osweiler, Osweiler will keep you afloat. And then the game ends. Because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's 14 to 12. Green Bay has put together two good drives. Meanwhile, and handed Miami three short fields. And Green Bay is still up by two. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers walks back out on the field and says, we're going to end this game. And the game ends. Yep. Pass short right, Valdez Scantling, eight yards. Incomplete to Devontae Adams. Pass short to Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes Lewis has like the entire field open in front of him. Gets up to a nice, steady jog yeah. for 30 yards. Pushed out by Kiko Alonso. Aaron Jones off the right end for 12 yards. And then Aaron Jones, 10 yard rush for the touchdown on first and goal. Extra point is good at 21 12. Miami would not score again. Nope. On the very next play, second play, Brock Osweiler's intercepted by Bashad Breland, who showed up. Yeah. It, it seemed like he needed a game and a half. Yep. He needed a game and a half to get up. He did not look up to speed last week against the Patriots. He looked he looked a step slow. Yep. And I, I thought he looked on par this week. I thought he looked really, really, really good. He's versatile. He can play on the outside. He can play on the inside. And what we saw this week from Josh Jackson is that Josh Jackson is not quite ready. So having Bashad Breeland as that extra depth is 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 really key for this defense. Yeah, Jack Jackson is is going to have some growing pains. He's he's not been in quite the right spots. But then you give uh, Green Bay a short field because Breeland gets it back to the uh, the twelve the twelve yard line. 
give Green Bay a short field. Do they sell for a field goal, Matt Mellisetter? No. No. They get a touchdown. Devontae Adams catches his second touchdown pass. And this is after um this is after a penalty on Devontae Adams for an illegal crackback block on an Aaron Jones run on first and ten. So that moved him back to the twenty-five, starting at the twelve, a little spot spot fifteen yarder. So that's weird. Yeah. But that happened. Um and it, 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 it also like it, the crackback block kind of historically has been kind of a a blindside hit him hard knock him out type of a block. And what we saw from Devontae Adams here on this one was that he just went a little bit low, and they'll still they'll still throw that flag on you. Yeah, he put his shoulder into the knees, which yeah. like I can't I can't find the reason why he would do that. But um, he's got a cold coaching staff. He's gonna spend the the week asking him why the heck he did that yeah. in their film review, and and he'll probably not do that again. Yeah, if if any if the entire career of Devontae Adams teaches us anything about you know how he he learns how to play football is you only tell him once. He's like yeah. he's got an autocorrect. Yeah, he, Devontae he, Adams. He, he, you, t- you tell him once, or you don't tell him at all. He's going to fix it, and he'll be better next Yeah, it tend to be fixed, so that'll probably be fine. Uh, Green Bay gets a field goal, makes it 31-12. to That's pretty much the game right there. It was the game at 21-12. to Yeah, once this game got beyond one possession. Yep. Once this game got beyond one touchdown score, it was over. Dolphins turn it over on downs, give it back to Green Bay. 31-12 to is your final score. Packers. They're four and four and one. They get back to five hundred. Wipe a little bit of that sweat off your brow. Uh, four and four and one is a weird record at, at yeah, this point. It's a in the perfectly season. average record. They're in third place in the NFC North, behind Chicago, six and three. Minnesota is five and three and one, and Detroit is now three and six. They are circling the drain as fast as any team I've ever seen. We're going to talk a little bit after the break about how they did against Chicago. I'll give you a, a little spoiler. They did bad. Not uh, good. Not good. It was poor. So we're going to take the break like we normally take the break right about this point in the show. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about how the Packers did against the Dolphins. Uh, we'll go around the league, and I promise you we will probably name our head cheese head yeah, of the week. I hope we do. For this week, I, I think I know who I've got. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, we'll take a little bit of break, and we'll be back on Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. What if it became more complicated? What if we just like made like three things about it like much more difficult? Yeah, yeah. What what if that happened? What if we just added peanut butter into the mix? Sure. <laughs> just made it a little bit sticky. We're back. It's Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Second half of the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. I'm Mike Fleischman. That's Matt Mellum. Said her hi. Follow us on Twitter at Cheesecagoland. I'm on Twitter at MP Fleischman. You're on Twitter at Setter. We have a Facebook group. It's called Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Make sure to like us, share our links with your friends. Yeah, social media is fun. It's fun mm-hmm. to engage in social media. There's absolutely nothing at all weird no. or uncanny 
or possibly destructive about social media. Uh, not in a darn thing. And I really, I'm not gonna say that I really don't hate social media because I, I like it. I, I do too. I think I have. I have a theory. Sure. I don't know if I've actually advanced this on this podcast or not because I don't have really a memory. But I do sure. have a theory. No. Uh, <laughs> I have this theory. That, Theories are more important than memories. That, um, you know, um, I'm not going to like totally insult the boomers, but the generation sure. behind me has a bit more of a trouble with the Internet because the whole thing is so new. Sure. And they have a they have a great deal of like they apply like old paradigms to new things. And they have a bit of a trouble with it. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. Mike. Yeah. And. So you see some weird stuff kind of emerging from like very online culture from people who are currently about like 45 to to 60 years old. Yeah. Strange things are happening there. Um, My generation, we grew up with technology. Yeah. So, but we also have like a a realized sense of self that doesn't include like a technological being. Mm -hmm. Um, So people like me grew up without the internet fully entangled in your life. But we had it around. But it was around. it It came of age. And so we have this sort of like, I have I have a very realized identity without my online presence. Sure. And I don't I don't really think of myself online as like this is actually me. Sure. Like I I can I conceptualize myself without a digital presence and then I think the real divide happens with like people younger than me who yeah. have like especially who especially people now who have who are about who are now currently somewhere between like 12 and and 17. Yeah. Or coming of age right now who are going to have pretty much developed personality wise with our the current conception of the internet as ubiquitous. Yeah. Like we're going to see a pretty large divide because you already see like people people are much more literal literal about their social media presence than i am yeah it's it's social media is so weird i it it, you see it like very often get like tangled up in like people's like self-identities like their social media is like the true version of themselves versus like what they portray in like real life sure and and, i can't conceive of a world in which my social media presence is more real than who i actually am my social media presence is for jokes and pictures of me and ties yeah i think i've tweeted more off of the cheese cogoland twitter in the last two weeks than i have made posts on any other social media over the last four years i i love twitter for like a random joke and yeah and a good like retweet i follow a I've been following, like, developing this good cadre of, like, comic book artists yeah. and illustrators who draw some cool stuff. That's, that's, a, that's a good way to use Twitter. Yeah. I, I really only use Twitter for, uh, like, Packers, like, beat writers and, like, the New York Times and Chicago sure. Tribune. Like, that's really what my Twitter is. So, yeah, social media is weird. You heard it here first on Cheeseheads yeah. in Chicago. You heard it here first? Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, the two out of ten review on social media. Now you know what happens when you get. <laughs> yeah, I'm an angry old man with social media. I don't like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more impartial, but it's, it's fun, but yet it's not. Yeah, it's uh, it's dangerous. It does. It seems to be doing some strange things that we don't quite understand to our world. Yeah, and and things like musically come out of it, and I don't like that. I don't want any of those weird social medias. I want them all gone. Okay, what's musically? It's. Oh God! Okay, I, never mind. I see it on my Instagram all the time, and I don't know why it suggests it to me. It's a social media for I think thirteen-year-olds to like 
coordinate their movements to songs and like dance. Oh dear! It, it's horrifying. It's the scariest thing I've ever seen. In okay, my life. I don't want. I don't want to see it's that. It's so scary. All right. Uh, the Green Bay Packers. They meet the Miami Dolphins. Um, Aaron Jones had 145 yards on 15 carries, averaging 9.7 yards per carry and two touchdowns with the longest 67. Uh, this guy is so good. He's really good. He's really, 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 really good. He's he's great with the ball in his hands. He shoots out like a cannonball from that backfield. He's elusive. He's he's slippery and slidey, and he never stops running. I I this game kind of moved the goalpost for me on Aaron Jones. From he can be a little bit boomer bust to he found ways to pick up a yard or two sometimes in situations where we wouldn't have typically seen that from Aaron Jones, where we would have seen him try and bounce it back or try and blow it up into this bigger play. We saw him kind of just slide forward for a few extra yards and just kind of bounce off of people like a pinball. It it reminds me that there are so many interesting ways to be a running back Yeah, still in the NFL, which we've seen a move away from running back mm-hmm. towards passing, which is cool. I like passing. Passing's, passing's good. Fun. But you look at a guy like Le'Veon Bell, who you can't look at a guy like Le'Veon Bell this season. Sure, uh, but which, in the past. Which sucks because he's fun to watch he's play. Really, he's really old. But go fun. get that money, Le'Veon. Um, I, you know, Do your thing. Yeah, han- handle handle your business, please. Because uh, He's yeah. doing stuff for the rest of the NFL right now. Yeah. This this is this is this is like a groundbreaking thing for Le'Veon Bell to do. Yeah, it's it's bold. I, I hope I hope nothing but good comes out of it. But you look at a, a style of guy like Le'Veon Bell as I just I almost created a huge digression right there. Sure. Uh, a, a tentative guy who picks the spots and then explodes through it, falls forward. An interesting running back. Then you you look at guys like Jamal Williams who just like put their shoulder pads into you and and burrow through tiny little creases in the line to pick up three yards. Uh, you look at um, at uh, 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 the guy on the cowboy Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. I'm gonna edit out the part where I'm stupid. Uh, you look at Ezekiel Elliott on the Cowboys, uh, who is is just very large, just very large and big and strong. Yeah, yeah, just a a big strong guy. Todd Gurley, uh, Dalvin Cook, kind of guys who who work on the edges, yeah. catch swing passes, take pitches. Um, Tariq Cohen on the Bears. Yeah, gadget guy. Christian McCaffrey, who just does everything. Yep. He can run between the tackles. He can run outside the tackles. He can catch every ball you throw at him. It, maybe the most talented of the route runners uh, from me in the backfield. Like, the guys, that, there's so many different styles of running back right now in the NFL. So many different ways of getting it done. Aaron Jones is an interesting one because he is a first-step athlete. Yeah. He's a guy with, I think, superb vision. Yeah. I've been I've been hyping up the way he sees the play develop in front of him since I watched him last year when he got some limited opportunities. He just sees what's happening in front of him and picks his spots so mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Bursts through it. You know, he doesn't hesitate like Le'Veon. He doesn't wait for it to develop. No. He uh he's kind of an all or nothing guy, not like a pure power guy. He's just so hard to hit. He's so hard to like wrap up. Yep. He's he's moving so quick from the first step. That you're kind of like gonna miss, you're gonna m- like misdirect yourself chasing after Aaron Jones. You're not gonna be able to judge how quickly he's moving, and that's why we see a lot of guys like kind of only get one or two arms on him, and he just kind of pinballs around and can break through those arm tackles and keep moving. His moves are very subtle too. Yeah, he's not not like a guy. I think of like Barry Sanders as that guy who like stop, stop and pivot and spin and hurdle, yeah. 
Aaron Jones is much more of a yeah, more than just like kind of like weaving yeah. in and out and just like throwing his hips around, uh-huh. not necessarily like stopping and juking and doing all that. It's like he sees a straight line and goes real fast in that straight line, but he's like swerving a little bit the whole time. He doesn't so much change directions as he alters directions. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, so it, I, I think he's a really interesting character, and we're getting to see now 10 games into his second year in the league. I think we're getting a real taste of what he's actually going to be capable of. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm in a, I'm in a rough spot with my, my love of the Packers at the moment where I'm like, I'm not sure they're making all the best decisions with how they do stuff. Yeah. Which, you know, whatever. I I think we, I think the Green Bay Packers really are. I I, I am on, I'm fully on the train. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Ha Ha Clinton Dix is gone. We weren't going to resign him anyways. And uh, yeah. getting a pick for it is good, and it also signals that Gutkunst is about to be very active in free agent signings this year. If we didn't dish off Ha Clinton Dix um, when he left, we would have been counting on a comp, uh, compensatory, compensatory. Sure, that one. Yeah, I think, um, I think we said the same word. Differently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> we would have been waiting on a compensatory pick. Did I say it right. Yeah, great. Oh, wonderful. And. That would have been at best the third round, unless we were active in free agency. If we spent like a little bit of money in free agency, we wouldn't have been able to get that pick. Sending Ha Clinton Dix off for that fourth round pick guarantees that we get a pick for Ha Clinton Dix, knowing that we weren't going to sign him in the off season. I'm happy with that move. I think Raven Green stepped up this week. I I, I think in general this team is trending upwards in the right direction, especially play wise right now. Uh, beyond personnel moves beyond that kind of stuff, I think the way that the team is playing is also trending upward. I think you're generally right. I have some I have some weird questions about like are is are the game plans working right now and you know, that's that's <sighs> that's me being sure. A, that's me being a little bit more outside the lane I normally run. Yeah. Which which is I think it's just a a result of you know, this is mid-season fatigue where like the team's sitting at 500 and you know, I'm Every year, I'm thinking like this is the year because I I love I love Packers a lot. Yeah. I want them to I want them to go and win every Super Bowl, and that that'd be really good. And like that would be great. Me and my dad could like high five over a bowl of nachos or something. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Uh, but but um yeah, Aaron Jones is is I hope they continue using him. And you know he's a guy who there's a window right now in that I. I've on I felt this from the beginning of the season. I think Aaron Jones is an NFL superstar and a possibility of being an all-time great Packers running. Yeah. Um he's the kind of guy that changes your prospects for a season. Mm-hmm. And there was one and a half of those guys kind of coming in 2 years ago. It's like Aaron Rodgers, possibly Devontae Adams, possibly Clay Matthews. Yeah. Now it's Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones on yeah. offense are your guys who like this changes how you think about the Packers. Yeah. Fundamentally. Yeah. And and we got a little bit of excitement uh, in this direction in 2016 and about a little bit later than this time with Ty Montgomery going for about 150 yards sure. against the Bears. This doesn't look as fluky as that did. That didn't that looked a little bit uh, like a like a insect trapped in amber. Like it didn't look like it was gonna be forever. It looked like it was against a terrible Bears team. It looked like this Aaron Jones breakthrough is something that we, you've kind of been waiting for for months now and is something that we've kind of seen 
building and starting to happen over the last few months is is that Aaron Jones was going to explode. And now Aaron Jones has exploded. He's been leading the NFL in yards per carry since he came back in week two or in week three, I guess. It was a two-week suspension. Um, uh, this, this is a Packers team that now has a running attack. It runs the ball really well. I mean, they're top five in the NFL in how they run the ball. This is an offensive line that struggled a little bit in pass protection, but has really done the job in run blocking. And they have the running back that can do it. It's. I hope we start to see less of a shift. I hope we start to see more of a shift from the running back by committee kind of style that McCarthy took before trading Ty Montgomery to really like a feature back in Aaron Jones with Jamal Williams getting four or five carries a game, like being kind of a... a, a, a a fill-in when Aaron Jones has ran the ball for 67 yards to kind of give him a breather. Less as... Kind of like exactly what Minnesota wanted Jarek McKinnon yes. to be. Kind of that... A guy who catches passes pace. pass pass blocks, change of pace. Yeah. Great. And, and that used to be the way you could set up running backs. Of course, Jamal Williams may not want to be a second running back in that. Like I think he's shown that he could split carries yeah. or take the lion's share of carries on on a team, but I, I, he's, he's got a lot to recommend him yeah. at the moment, but Aaron Jones is averaging 6.1 yards per carry for his career so far over two years. Yeah. And that's uh he almost has a thousand yards for his career. He's uh yes, he's 50, this isn't, he's 58 yards short of a thousand yards for his career and he's averaging six yards a carry. Yeah. This isn't like a, uh, it's uh, going up this year. Yeah. Like this isn't Aaron Jones averaging six point yards per carry on like 200 yards yeah like the sample is, size is getting big like big this enough. is this is big enough where we can talk about this as like oh he's a game-changing type of running back this isn't just a one game one stretch type of thing like this is what you expect from aaron jones oh a thousand yards is like a season's worth of yardage averaging 6.1 yards a carry like this is what you expect out of aaron jones from here on out yeah yeah i have i have i've had really high expectations for him from the beginning like yeah. But but you know I'm I don't really know how to evaluate NFL players. It was just purely the eye test thing of like that guy's better than the rest of those. That guys. guy's faster and yep. quicker and 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 runs good. And the other guys don't run as good. Yep, it was yeah. purely that. Uh, so that's that's my thoughts on Aaron Jones. They're gonna need him next week against yeah, the absolutely. Seahawks. The Seahawks are. I always want them to be terrible. They're never that terrible. They're, they're pretty darn good. They're yeah. They're I mean they're staying alive. This yeah. is a Seahawks team that is 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 not as good as the Seahawks have been in the past. This yeah. is a Seahawks team with a depleted, no more Legion of Boom. But they, good, they put the Rams on notice. They put the Rams yesterday. on notice. They have a good linebacking core, a good front seven. Their offense, any team led by Russell Wilson will survive. And their their offensive line has been retooled from a team made of of tight ends and defensive linemen trying to pass block too real actual uh offensive lineman so let's let's cover the the defensive side of things right now the the secondary is getting a little bit of thin a little bit thin yes which is why it's good that Bashad Breeland and Ibrahim Campbell are here now yeah uh Jermaine Whitehead I'm getting yeah. to this was released last Tuesday with yeah, last two, week yeah last week without any sort of fanfare of course Whitehead was ejected in the second quarter of last week's game and it was on a open-handed slap to the helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's real dumb. I'm, I'm still really dumb move. Yeah, I'm still in. Head. I'm still on the on the on the politics of like that. That shouldn't have been an ejection. It was really dumb. But yeah, I was shocked when they cut Whitehead, and like 
it was a pure just cut. Like you're done. Yeah, you I, are fired. I don't. I I think a, I think there has to have been more than just. Yeah, there's got to be something behind the scenes I, and, going and, on. And in some of like the press conferences, when they've been asked about it, they've kind of said this. You, it's never just one thing. Like it's it's a full. Oh, I've been fired from jobs before. It's yeah. never just one it's thing. It's never just one thing. They they were like, it, it's a whole like array of things. This was an organizational decision. So there had to have been something more behind that. I mean, I don't know if it's a an attitude problem. I don't know. It, I don't think it was performance. Well, I, I thought he was I don't playing think pretty it was well performance in at his all. role. Um, I think it has to have been an attitude This is thing. a new Packers thing. Yeah. Is that uh, the very short lease for dudes what anger them. Yeah. You know, Kaiser is on the team because Demarius Randall was kind of ran out of chances with a new with a new regime Demarius Randall was good was talented and was was would have been a great fill-in at free safety when haha Clinton Dix left but he he didn't have the personality and the attitude to succeed on this team and what we've seen really is that Brian Gutkunst despite him saying that there is no message behind these things there's definitely a message behind these things this is a place you play football this is not a place you come to uh, joke around and and be selfish and make dumb mistakes. You're going to play smart, good football, and that's what you're going to do. Green Bay's always been a football oasis. Green Bay's where you go if you want to play football and do nothing else, and that's what Brian Kukunz is making this team be. Yeah, and if you've been there, you got to have something that you like doing in Green Bay yeah. because there's um, not a lot. There's not a lot to do outside of outside of the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Nope, nope. It's uh, it's a football kind of town. It's it's a place where you go. Speaking of, I found it interesting though that like we've seen a stretch of two games earlier in the season where uh, Tony Brown got playing time and did dumb things, got penal penalized, and the team stuck with him and he played sixteen snaps. Yeah, in in this game here, they've stuck with Tony Brown. They must really like him. They have to like Tony. They Brown have to really like Tony Brown a lot. I and he, I mean, in limited snaps, outside of those dumb penalties, Tony Brown's looked good. Yeah, he's looked fine. He's he's looked like a quality fifth cornerback, a special teams guy, a guy who can come in when you're depleted. I mean, play as a fourth cornerback when Kevin King's out. Uh, Tony Brown's been fine. I mean, he had some dumb penalties, but it's been a few weeks since he had a dumb penalty. So. Thanks, Tony, for not. Yeah, thank you for not messing up this a penalty. Week. His his energy level on the field just you see him between plays and he's just a little he's just a little bit wound tighter. He's, he's than, ratcheted than a up. Normal NFL guy. Him and him and Jair Alexander are both like exploding balls of energy that are ready to get in your grill if they make a pass breakup. And I'm in for it. It just looks like Jair is able to tone it down at the right times where Tony Brown kind of keeps going. Yeah, Jair Alexander was on a little bit of a bigger stage throughout his career yeah. so far than than Tony Brown maybe because yeah, Alexander seems to be a little bit more ready for for the NFL level of like exposure and, yeah. and control. Yeah. I hope Tony Brown works out because uh, Jair Whitehead looked like a player and he's gone. Yeah. Um, Raven Green is an interesting he's an interesting guy because he's he he's looked very good on some blitz packages. They yeah. used him a lot as a blitzer in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used him a couple of times like this. Um, going forward, Kentrell Bryce is probably probably out for a probably while. out for a while. He was, so he was spotted in a boot with a bone bruise on his ankle. Um, that's a painful injury. Oh yeah, that sucks. We've seen Aaron Rodgers play through a bone bruise on his knee, uh, but that's different when you're a quarterback versus a a safety. And with somebody like Kentrell Bryce, who's already a little bit limited by his uh, mobility, just 
because he's not naturally fast, um, we probably won't see Kendrick Bryce on the field for a while. Which means... It's Josh Jones time. It's Josh Jones time. Josh Jones played a lot as kind of a dime package linebacker. Saw him a little bit in strong safety coverage. We saw Raven Green kind of primarily take those Kentrell Bryce snaps after Kentrell Bryce went out. Um, but Josh Jones looked good too. Absolutely did. He he will the the Joshes the Jones and the Jackson. Yeah. Uh, these guys need need some seasoning. You know, yeah. There's not quite enough pepper in the soup quite yet. Yep. Uh, you need to uh, you need to like pop few more flavors and balance balance mm-hmm. your uh, i'm making a cooking analogy yeah no. you need to do this a little bit with these guys they they find themselves out of position they take some questionable angles mm-hmm. they occasionally try to tackle without tackling sure josh josh jackson not a good tackler yeah josh J- jones a willing and great yep. tackler josh jackson a, a big gripe for josh jackson coming out of 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 iowa this last season was not really a man cornerback so it doesn't super fit into Mike Patton's system, and also kind of struggled with his tackling. Uh, and we saw that last yesterday. I, I want to say last night, but yesterday afternoon, Josh Jackson kind of not the best tackler. Uh, nah. But he played 68 snaps. He played the most amount of snaps out of any of the cornerbacks. Um, one thing I liked out of Josh Jackson yesterday is we saw Josh Jackson make a few mistakes. He never let it affect him. Like, it, it didn't snowball. When Josh Jackson, nope. we, he, he had one bad drive in particular where he, he messed up coverage, missed a tackle, and then got a, a penalty called on him. And it was a bad string of plays. But he never took himself out of the game. Like, he, he was no, able, he didn't He didn't Quentin Rollins it. He didn't quit. Yeah, he didn't Quentin Rollins quit. He, like, kept going. Like, Josh Jackson played the next snap, played the next series, and kept, kept his head up and kept playing. And, and we eventually saw him kind of make some nice plays, play well in coverage. We saw him under, try and undercut one ball where Tremont was able to save a touchdown um but it, it we're really counting on Josh Jackson's ball instincts and his ball hawking to kind of stay there while his his technique and his his football IQ in a playing in a press man scheme kind of develops alongside of it like martinez i thought i thought the difference between some of the early more successful drives that the dolphins mm-hmm. had versus some of the later drives where they really only got points because of short fields was Blake Martinez. They were getting a guard out. They were getting a lineman out on Martinez yeah. in the early going, and that was letting Frank Gore find edges. Yeah. Uh, and more in, the, more in the second half, Blake Martinez was adjusting around that. Uh, that guy's going to be a pro bowler he's, for the next five years. He's so good. Blake Martinez is lightning in a bottle. He's everywhere on the field all of the time. He might not be the fastest guy or the quickest guy, but it just feels like Blake Martinez knows where the ball's going before the ball snapped. Yeah, he's he's so he's so reactive, and I think the Dolphins, the Dolphins had a good idea. Yeah, in how to how to stop Blake Martinez from getting to Frank Gore, and it worked for a little bit. It did, it did, and then they adjusted. Uh, another guy that I've liked on the defense is they're still they're playing a lot of Dean Lowry in place yeah. of of the injured Muhammad Wilkerson, who we've I've almost completely forgotten about Muhammad Wilkerson. This line is not getting a lot of pressure. Well, but. That's yeah. I mean, look, the the line's starting to come around. The Packers are tied for first in the league with sacks. The Packers are in a four-way tie for the lead in the NFL with sacks with thirty-one. That's not really on this line. Yeah, it, it's it's That's, really because of of Mike Pettin's ability to bring pressure up the middle with linebackers and create pressure through exotic packages and stuff. But we're, regardless of how bad this line has 
been. This line's not been it's stellar. Uh, they've been pretty good in run defense. They've been putting it together a bit. Lowry has played well. Tyler Lancaster has come in, is turning into a bit of a player and played pretty well. He had a, yeah. he had a nice he had a nice tackle in the backfield uh, on a one of those Dolphins drives. He's 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 in on things. He's very big. Yeah, he's he's. I think he's like six foot seven. I feel like he's huge. Yeah, he's very very big, which is is going to help you. A lot. He doesn't appear to be particularly conditioned yet, but sure. he's very, very big. And he's been he's been kind of fun to watch. Yeah. Montrevious Adams still exists. Yeah, he had a he, he had got a some late, sack, late game play. Yeah. yeah, he had he had a sack on one of the last last drives. He's been a bit interesting. Uh Nick Perry only played fifteen snaps in this game. Left with an injury. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you expect? It's 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 hard to come back from an injury, and we just kind of keep seeing the injuries pile up on Nick Perry. Um, I don't expect the Packers to move on from Nick Perry. Uh, his cap hit would be, I think, $11 million, even if we traded him. I don't think there's any way for us to get no. around his cap hit. So it's just going to kind of be Nick Perry's going to be a rotational guy for the next yeah, couple of years. Yeah, got to find an answer at outside yeah. linebacker. Yeah. That's, uh, if, if Brian Gutkunst has one of those, like, boards that has t- like a to-do list on it uh linebacker probably just one. said yeah outside linebacker did not see oren burks play a snap in this game outside of special teams he played he played in special teams made some good tackles on special teams i think that's a good spot for oren burks this year because blake martinez has shown himself to be so reliable and then the antonio morrison trade uh if if martinez needs a moment antonio yeah. morrison has been uh been, been interesting all right. yeah he's been our he's been a good Backup. I wonder what they want for Antonio Morrison because you get him for Pipkins. Yeah. Uh, he led the Colts in tackles last year. Yeah. He's a good player. Maybe not a great player. Hasn't looked amazing on the Packers yet. But he's a guy who, like, do they have long-term plans for him? Is he around next year? I have no idea. He, he, I think, I think Bashad Breeland's definitely somebody the Green Bay Packers are going to be trying to bring back next year. I would hope so. I would hope so as well. He has been good this last he was great this last game he looked a little sluggish against is he, Patriots. is he just a little soft in the coverage yeah he's just, just a little bit he's just a little bit soft in the coverage i think that's something that'll come with time and kind of getting back in i think that was an adjustment for being a step slow sure. against the patriots um, I, I don't really like i don't have a particular problem with a a coverage oriented cornerback those yeah. guys have a place in the league as particularly like if they don't commit dumb penalties yeah. and if they wrap up securely on tackles yeah. you know play a little bit off yeah like that's that there is a there's a lane for those guys i just that was my that was i think the biggest change i noticed is that freeland wasn't five steps away from guys in the yeah. second half of this yeah. game he was playing playing a bit more at the right speed and with the right aggressiveness mm-hmm. but yeah, my, my read on him is that like yeah he could be all right. He yeah, I think I think he can be a quality starter on this football team, especially if, if Kevin King's uh, a continued kind of injury bug guy. Um, Kevin King did not play yesterday. Um, yeah, it's a worry. Yeah, it, it, I think Bashad Breeland is just a, a solid veteran cornerback with um, talent to play all over the football field. I want to get to one one bigger picture thing. We talked about it when it was happening more in those first three games where there were a bunch of uh, roughing the passer penalties. Uh, Matthews is making those same hits, and, and other guys are making those same hits all over the league now. Yeah. And they're not getting called anymore. Yeah. And I just, just want to kind of just wave to everyone and be like, um, you could have started the season like that. 
Yeah. Like, stop, please. Hi, the NFL. Stop giving me lip service. Yeah. Like, either call them or don't. Like, don't do not do it in the first three games so you can be like, look what we're doing. And then, like, you're challenging me to forget. I'm not going to forget. And I'm, I'm, my memory isn't, like, super good. Yeah. Hey, NFL, you that good? suck. Yeah. You're dumb and I don't like you. Pick one. Pick one, please. Uh, that is, that is our, our look at the Packers, Dolphins. Of course, short week, uh, shortened by a couple of hours more because of the 3.30 start of yesterday's game. Short week turns around into a Thursday night game oh, against God. Seattle. Uh, NFL, also get rid of Thursday also night games. get rid of Thursday night games. Mike, I'm sorry you have to edit that out. <laughs> yep, I, I have one. I'm going to edit them. I'm going to add a few more. You NFL, get rid of Thursday night games. You're only hurting people. Uh, stupid. Stupid. Bad. NFL Thursday night games are terrible. It's it's terrible football. Teams are not prepared enough. Guys are not healthy. Like, look, hey, I'm not going to talk about personal football experience. I play flag football. It takes me three days to get rested up after playing a game of flag football. Yeah. These guys are playing real tackle football against the best athletes in the world. Give them a week. Please. Please. Just eliminate Thursday night football. Play the games on Sunday. Seahawks, Vikings, those are both road games. Then Cardinals, Falcons at home. Then road games, Bears, Jets, Lions finish out the season. Um, I'm an optimist, but you can win out the season from here. Yeah, yeah. You can finish 11-4-1. Yeah, abs- absolutely. This schedule for the rest of the season for the Green Bay Packers is not a daunting schedule at all. Uh, I mean, the Seahawks game is really the most difficult, I think, going down the stretch. Yep, four away games, three home games. This can be done. Yeah. Uh, that Bears game is is a real challenge. The Bears have uh, the Bears have the pieces together at the moment. Uh, we were talking before the microphones went on. You're not completely sold on, on Mitch Trubisky. I'm not either, but... Uh, the rest of the team got way better when you had Cleo Mack to the team. Yeah, yeah, that it, guy's good. I, I, I think, I mean, the Bears are are playing pretty well at this point in the season. I mean, the Bears, uh, my computer's kind of quit, so I don't have the chance to pull up the Bears' schedule for the rest of the year. The Bears have played a pretty darn easy schedule uh, coming into this week. Uh, their wins against the Bills, the Jets, the Cardinals, um, they lost against the Dolphins. Beating the Lions is never anything special. I mean, yeah, strength of schedule. They did it, but is, we didn't. Um, doesn't really favor it. So yeah, take a look at the Bears. They yeah they they started out lost to the Packers. We remember that one. Then wins against the Seahawks, Cardinals, and Buccaneers. Uh, the only one I'm truly impressed with is the Seahawks. There. Um, then losses to the Dolphins and Patriots. Then three straight wins. Jets, Bills, Lions. You have two of the worst teams in the league and like the the bills are one of the worst teams of this decade yeah the the bill i mean the bills are historically bad football team. and the lions that really like the lions did not show up and they put 22 points on on the bills there are serious troubles yeah right now it, it, in uh that that caldwell firing is going to look <laughs> really bad i mean i th- predict that that's going to be just an ongoing embarrassment in that matt patricia looks I mean, he's got the this, this sort of like emotional engagement of Ron Rivera, but like, I don't, I, I think that, uh, you know, Riverboat Ron has a, 
you know, yeah. has shown that he can stick around yeah. in this league, but uh, that team got to show up and start playing hard. Yeah, the Detroit the Lions. The Panthers play hard for Ron Rivera. The Lions are not playing hard for Patricia. The, yeah, the Lions are just, it, it, the Lions are continually uh, showing <laughs> kind of how bad of a franchise they are. Kind of week in, week out, the Lions show us, oh yeah, they're they're a failure of a franchise. I, th- I think the NFC North title still runs through Minnesota. I think you're right. I've I've had that prediction for a while. They're they're doing they're doing decently. Uh, tonight's Monday night game is Giants 49ers. By the way, why uh, why is that? Why that happened? Uh, scores this week. Take a look around the NFL. Uh, the Steelers beat the crap out of the Panthers a week after the Panthers looked fantastic. The Steelers have this running back, James Conner, who's pretty good. He's pretty good. And this guy, Ben Rothelisberger, who went 22 of 25 for 328 yards, five touchdowns. Sometimes this happens with Ben Rothelisberger, and we're like, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. sure. 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 You can 21 points in the first quarter. Uh, the Steelers are six and two. Uh, the Panthers are six and three. They're still probably going to be fine. Bears are four and one at home. Again, like they beat the Bills, Jets, and now Lions in the last three weeks. Fine, cool, good. Yeah. Um, the the Bears beat the Lions thirty four to twenty two. Trubisky threw three touchdown passes, three hundred fifty five yards. Uh, that Lions secondary just they were not playing the no. game. There's no pass rush on that team. Uh, Trubisky was able to just sort of stand there and like step into throws all day long. Yeah. Like it, you, it, you didn't bother it. It's it's what I see what I really see with Mitch Trubisky. I I think I I mean put as much faith into it as you want with pro fo- football focus. I think it's pretty suggest su- objective, subjective, not objective, subjective. They sacked him once for 7 yards. Yeah, they have Trubisky ranked like below Brock Osweiler this season. Ooh. I I really just see yeah, they have him as like the 30th worst. Do you, you take know, uh, do you take Case Keenum or Mitch Trubisky in a draft tomorrow? I'll take Trubisky just cuz he's younger. Okay. Um, cool. What we really see with Mitch Trubisky is is a struggle to diagnose pre-snap reads and a real serious struggle to diagnose a post-snap read. When teams will roll into something like a cover 3, like if they'll if they'll show blitz and roll into like a, a cover three cloud or something over the top. Trubisky's got no idea what's happening. He he make he makes the throws and he makes the reads when Nagy's able to kind of like manufacture them for him. I mean, how many times have we seen like the Trey Burton shovel pass and stuff? It's it's when they break from the script. It's when kind of the reads break down. So the first typically the first fifteen plays of an NFL game are scripted and it's something that you practice uh, throughout the week. When they break from that script into the things where Mitch Trubisky is now at the line and he has to make his read before the play and the play is not telling him the read already and yep. he has not been practicing the read, is when Trubisky's throws kind of start to lose their accuracy and he starts to lose his his timing and his sense of being in life. And yeah. he starts to kind <laughs> yep. of fall apart and look not good. Um, we saw it really with the Dolphins game. We saw it bad in the Patriots game. Also, what on, earth is, game. What on earth is going on with Jordan Howard? Uh, in Chicago, mismanagement. Eleven carries, twenty-one yards in in this game. Of course, this game was a uh, twenty-six to seven at halftime in favor of the Bears. Uh, Jordan, Lion- Jordan Howard has to get thirty carries on that type of yeah. It's it's so strange because you think like I like the addition of Tariq Cohen because you have a guy like Trubisky who isn't particularly good moving through his reads. So a like a Having dump a off great, gadget guy, yeah, yeah checkdown guy. 
I mean, what you've got a couple of them. They should be catching a lot more passes. But you know, Cohen caught six passes for twenty nine yards. Jordan Howard caught one. Howard should touch the ball twenty five times. Yeah, I mean, you, how Jordan Howard is really exceptional, and he only gets better as he plays. Um, there was a great video I sent it to you. I don't know if you watched it. Uh, great video this week out by Brett Coleman about the Green Bay Packers offense and how they make it so difficult. Um. What Matt Nagy's done in Chicago is he's done a great job of making it very easy for this team. It, it, it really is. If you watch kind of the way that they play, it's kind of like one read, dump off. One read, dump off. And and Mr. Trubisky's kind of thrived in those situations. And having a guy like Tariq Cohen down low is just great. Yeah. To have a guy who can just kind of float out into kind of like a little soft fade off into the right side of the field. That Trubisky can roll out and dump it to him. Man, oh man. Tariq Cohen's a great guy to have. Like that. there were some breakdowns that uh, the CBS team was giving us of that Packers game. Yeah, where you'd see Aaron Rodgers out of the pocket, and there's no one in 15 yards. No, nope. and there's nobody even thinking about coming back to the ball either. I mean, you you see, like, it, who it, drew up a play in which every receiver is three miles away? Yeah, it. it Mike McCarthy did. Why uh, did that exist? Okay, um, <laughs> the Saints beat the. Ch- the Saints beat the shit out of the Bengals as long as I'm bleeping things. Yeah. Uh, 51 to 14. Drew Brees passes Brett Favre for career touchdowns. He's with so good. Three of, oh, Drew Brees is the Drew best. Drew Brees is so good. Uh, he's, he might be like, you know, they gave Tom Brady all the rings and Aaron Rodgers gets the State Farm ads, but Drew Brees might be the best quarterback of that, that generation. Yeah. Just when it comes down to like doing stuff. He's, he just, and, and the Saints have done a great job of building the team around Drew Brees in his older years. I mean, getting a guy like Alvin Kamara to have on this team when Drew Brees is 39 years old, having a Michael Thomas. They still have Mark Ingram. So, yeah, Mark Mark Ingram's a great piece. I mean, the Saints, this Saints team has done a fantastic job of building a contender around Drew Brees in his older age. Something that I hope the Green Bay Packers will be doing around Aaron Rodgers in these last that'd few years. That'd be good. Yeah, that'd be really great. Falcons drop under 500 with a loss to the Cleveland Browns, yeah. who are 3-6-1 and one this year. Falcons are now 4-5. Oh, and five. Yeah. Okay. So the Browns have got to win at home. Good for them. Uh, the Titans beat the crap out of the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, the Titans are 5-4, and four and they're, they exist, I guess. Um, Tom Brady was 21 of 41 for 254 yards, no touchdowns. That's weird. They made him look not good. Yeah. Tom Brady at times has looked great this year, and Tom Brady at times has looked every bit of his age this year. He, I, I think this is really the last year that we see Tom Brady be uh, something close to the Tom Brady that we recognize. Colts beat the Jaguars 29-26. to 26. Jaguars made it interesting in that this game was uh, 29 to 16 at halftime. Uh, they scored 10 unanswered in the second half of the game, but that's not enough. Uh, the Colts win. Uh, apparently, Eric Ebron is on the Colts, yeah. which is a very Eric Ebron place to play football. Uh, moving on, the Chiefs beat the Cardinals 26 to 14. The Cardinals suck. The Chiefs are incredible. Uh, Andy Reid is is. Just a weird genius. Yeah, I don't know how he does it. He just like I imagine him just like sitting around eating fried chicken and being like, "I've thought up three new offenses, <laughs> thought up three entirely new schemes that yeah. no one has thought of before." Let me work it out on my magical team with every talented player. Yeah, let me just grab a sharpie and jot this down on the napkin or the back <laughs> of my hand, and uh, we're, we're gonna win seventeen more games. Uh, so yeah, the Chiefs are really good. The Buffalo Bills, yeah, beat the Jets. Because the Buffalo Bills started Matt Barkley. Yeah, that'll you can win a, 
game with Matt Barkley. We're beat the I guess. Jets. Uh, ah. Matt, Matt Barkley. Here's here's the read on Matt Barkley. Barkley, he's better than Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman is about as good as the phone that we have in this yeah. office at playing quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite observations of all time was when a friend of mine told me I would start you at quarterback over Rex Grossman. Yeah. Um, Nathan Peterman. Who's worse, Rex Grossman, Nathan Peterman? <laughs> I would start me twelve years later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Peterman's worse than Grossman. Okay. Cool. Um, the Redskins beat the Buccaneers sixteen to three. That's um, the sure. Buccaneers are broken. Yeah, Buccaneers are <laughs> so bad. Uh, Fitzpatrick <laughs> threw four hundred yards, but no touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, ooh, mm, that's a that's a team there. Uh, the Chargers, who are good this year, beat the Raiders twenty to six. The Raiders are so bad. Bad. Uh, Report that is not confirmed is that Jordy Nelson may be retiring. I don't think it's for real. Um, he should probably he probably should yeah. consider playing football for a different team yeah. than the Raiders. That I'm, uh. I'm not saying eh, if if Jordy retires, I'd like him back on a small yeah yeah I'd, I'd, I'd nice take him small, back on a small small contract. small contract. It'd be great great to see him back. You know what Jordy Nelson would be great at is that scramble drill. He sure. knows what to do. I bet he would be good at he that. He knows what to do on that scramble. He might not be able to create separation on his routes much anymore, but he knows when to come back. And ooh, sometimes, like you said on the CBS broadcast, a lot of times when Rodgers will break contain and move out of the pocket, MVS and EQ don't come back. These younger receivers don't come back. They don't know what to do on the scramble route. They're thinking too much. They're thinking too much. They're thinking big play every time. And, and, and what we've seen from this Packers team is that the way to break, break a big play when Rodgers gets out of the pocket and breaks contain is not by going 40 yards deep. It's by finding just a little bit, just a little shimmy of space. And we've seen Randall Cobb do it so successfully over the years. He's kind of dropped off the face of the planet this year with injuries. Be nice to have a healthy Jordy Nelson to kind of fill that void. Although that, that would really mean something. I don't, I think I'd rather just have him on the team to retire as a Packer than he like signed a field. free agent contract in purgatory. Yeah. With the Raiders, that's that was a that was a that was a thing he did. Yeah. Uh, the Rams held on against the Seahawks. They're five and zero at home. They're nine and one overall. They're good. Yeah. Uh, the Cowboys beat the Eagles twenty-seven to twenty on Sunday Night Football. I don't care. Yeah. That's our show. That's our look at the league right now. It's a weird. Uh, every week has a weird thing, like the uh, the Titans just beating the snot out of the Patriots. Yeah. In this week, or like the Buffalo Bills deciding they're going to put up 41 on the Jets. Um, wow, that division. Yeah. It's a gift to the NFC North. Yeah, to get to play the AFC East this year. <laughs> to I play mean, the geez. AFC East. They are garbage. I, I think getting to play the AFC East this year has kind of made me jealous of what the Patriots have gotten to deal with over the last few years. Oh, it's, it's, it helps you understand. Yeah, it helps you understand why the Patriots are a dynasty like they are. Is, yeah, I not mean, only do they walk into the playoffs, but they usually walk in fairly healthy. They walk in fairly healthy because they play cupcakes every week. Yep. Uh, I mean, getting to play the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Bills six times a year. Oh, Ooh. man. Hey. Oh, man. Okay. I mean, we got we, we the Lions, and we've had the Bears and the Vikings in, there, in, their, in the worst of their doldrums, but we've never had a, 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 a division as pitifully bad is the AFC East. I, I think year. the Lions might be vying for for a Buffalo Bills New York Jets status. 
sure. of of like pure mediocrity. The only difference between them that I see right now is that Matt Stafford Matt is Stafford a good can quarterback. Keep, can keep a team afloat yeah. and can yeah. keep a team like at that six and ten level. The Jets and the Bills don't have that. Nope. That's our show. The head cheese head for this week. Look at me remembering how to do my own freaking podcast. Uh, hey, uh, Pyrrhic, Pyrrhic victory there for me, truly. Head cheese head of the week. It's Aaron Jones. Yeah, it's Aaron Jones. Uh, it's got to be Aaron Jones. Do you want to do a defensive one too? Because then I think I'd give it to. Hey, Bashad Breeland took, Bashad Breeland or Raven took Green. the ball away. Yeah, Raven Bash- Green ran for a first down on a fake punt. Yeah, he's our special teams guy of the week. Yeah, he's cool. Uh, <laughs> Bashad but, Breeland's defensive, and Aaron Jones is the real cheese head of the week. Everybody else kind of like a... Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah Aaron Jones is the actual yeah. head cheese head of the week. He's so good. Um, Thursday night, Packers-Seahawks. They got to fly all the way out to... To Seattle. To the West Coast. To the West Coast. Change time zones. Yeah, that's got to be fun. Uh, One more time. It's stupid NFL. Oh, God. You're making me do so much work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at CheeseCoggleland. You're going to live tweet that game. I'm assuming I'm on Twitter at MP Fleischman. You're on Twitter at Melum Setter. Uh, Tell your friends about our cool podcast. Saturday, I am calling the 5A semi-state game in Indiana. It is the Michigan City Wolves taking on the new Palestine uh, Red Raiders? Oh, Lord. I got my assignment today, so don't, sure. don't be too mad at me for not knowing who Yeah, you who haven't done your prep is. yet. They're like south of Indianapolis. We don't work in that region, so I don't know who they are, but that is on the air at 2 p.m. Check out rrsn.com. That's where I work. I do football stuff. I do play-by-play. I do a little color. I do... Uh, um, video production. I do basketball, color commentary, and play-by-play. I've done a little bit of volleyball, but don't judge me too harshly on how I do that because <laughs> uh, I'm still I'm still climbing that ladder a little bit. Uh, you are the program director here at Radio DePaul Sports. It's been a cool quarter, first full quarter in these in these new digs. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, it, it, we get to work downtown in the Loop Studios uh, at One East Jackson in the DePaul Center. I mean, we've got this beautiful studio with basketball court floors yeah people come take pictures of big it. open window yeah right before the show uh yep. we, we were we had a photo shoot people were taking pictures of us in the studio it looked real good um yeah do a lot of do a lot of radio stuff i don't have anything on the air now because it's uh it's the end of the quarter yeah it's uh the uh the the year is is already flying the past. year is flying by it's a scary thing mike it's almost thanksgiving time i'm gonna be home I'm going to be home for about two days, and then i got to turn it around. I'm, I'm going to Indianapolis yeah. for the state football championship. So a little Thanksgiving time, and then I'm out. Of, then I'm gone for another, like, five days, and then it's going to be, like, halfway to Christmas by yeah. the time I get and then back. It's, then it's Christmas season time. I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. Uh, this is turning into a general information about my stupid life podcast, so let's not do that. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Cheeseheads in Chicago, and we will be back next week at some point. For our breakdown of Seattle Green Might Bay. Might even be this week. I don't Might know. Might be this week. We haven't week. talked about it. <laughs> it probably won't because I have to be out of town. That's right. From, uh, from Friday to, oh, Jesus. We're going to have to work out how we do this. Okay. Let's work it out when we're not live on the podcast. All right. Thanks. Bye. And until next week, do a thing. Stay cheesy, please. Mm.